Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the Unlucky Lounge, and joining me as always, he's the 2-2 that's always there for you on turn two, but don't call him a ballerina, because he sure doesn't wear a tutu. His name is Borok, my bear buddy. We're back in business again. It certainly has been some time, but I gotta say, there's no place else I'd rather be. And to all of you listening, Truly, a heartfelt hello, and thanks for coming back. And truthfully, I'm here just in time. You see, your boy Corey here is about to get on a plane and fly out to play in the Channel Fireball 25K tournament for Limited out in warm, dream-filled Las Vegas, Nevada. It's my first time in the city of sin and hopefully we're going to bring back some wins as we are going to dive into quite a fickle format a little bit of Innistrad Crimson Vow Limited but before we do our draft here on this magical Friday let's do a little bit of housekeeping and upkeeping first as always this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network check them out bleav.com or wherever you download your audio goodness Keep your midday blues away with Believe, and it is currently the NFL season, and they got a lot of great shows around that pigskin sport that we love to call football. So swing by and see some of those great shows. Also, this show is here because of all of you. So feel free to keep the narrative going on those socials. On Twitter and TikTok, it's Draft and Draft Corey. You can find me on my Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez. And hey, If this show is giving you some joy, join us on Patreon. It truly is a lifeblood of content creators. So whatever shows you listen and enjoy, find them on Patreon. We are patreon.com backslash draft and draft. And hey, help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, as I said, today we're going to do some Crimson Vow Limited. And this is being heralded as one of the most princely bomby formats that have been out there since well i guess the most recent princely set that people quote is war of the spark and that was well over two years ago now borak yes i'm a magic boomer i proudly embrace that oh well in any case can we crack the equation here today for drafting a deck that is synergistic and still can compete with some of the strongest rares in the format. Do we have to lean on power level over synergy? Well, let's find out, but first, a tradition. Grab a drink, grab a snack, maybe even crack a pack. Let's celebrate all the great things that you do, for this is the untapped step. It has been too long. Well, as we're waiting for the draft pool to get all queued up, let's answer some questions. Where have I been? What's been going on with the show? Well, quite frankly, once 2021 rolled around, I needed to do a little self-care. And by self-care, I mean 
make a full-time income? <laughs> For those of you who are long-time listeners of the show, you'll know that I come from working on a cruise ship background. I worked for Disney Cruise Lines for quite a number of years, and I took a full-time cruise director job with another local cruise ship, and I did that for most of the year, but the cruise ship kind of closed down because now it's getting a bit cold for the area that it sails, and now that we're on a break, we're back to do a little bit of draft, and as I said, also to do a little bit of big magic event action at the Channel Fireball event. Very excited for it, and our draft is all queued up, and we're underway. Well, pretty strong start on our rare slot. We have Maniform Hellkite. This is the 4-4 flyer for two red red. When you cast a non-creature spell, you make an XX Red Dragon Illusion creature token with flying in haste, and then you exile the token at the beginning of the next N step. This is the kind of power that you really want to start off with in this format. Removal is okay, it's a little bit weak in the format, and board stalls can really happen. So I have found that evasion is quite strong, and so happens to be big, beefy power level creatures. With this big mono red, mono form Hellkite, I'd be looking to go into potentially blue red spells. There's a few good commons in the commons floating around there with some decent removal. I'm not quite exactly sure, but board states seem to stall quite frequently, and you want something big like this to push through the final bits of damage and present a threat that has more than just I'm a creature attacking. So we'll scoop up that Maniform Hellkite. Uh, speaking of blue-red, we got the blue-red rare land Storm Carved Coast in this pack. At the uncommon slot, there's two left, Bloodsworn Squire. This is the 3-3 that transforms, uh, but it has an activated ability on both sides, which is discard a card, and then it gains indestructible, and you tap it. This one transforms, though. The condition is if you activate the ability, then if you have four more creature cards in your graveyard, you transform it, and then it becomes a Crusader of Audric. It's a star star for creatures in graveyard. Maybe not so much a Crusader of Audric as it is a Goyf-type creature. There's also Retrieve, which I found to be quite good in this format, considering how the format has been going. There's also a Disturbed creature, the 2-2 Drogskull Infantry. Quite a nice little card there. For removal and red cards, we've got Lacerate Flesh, the 4 damage spell for 5 mana. That's Sorcery Speed. It makes Blood Tokens in excess. That card is fine. Goes well with the mana form Hellkite, but I'm going to take the Retrieve. It's a non-creature spell. It gets us more equity. I haven't actually tried green-red yet, so maybe we can make something like that work nicely. So we'll scoop up that retrieve. Uh, pick three, pack one. For the uncommon slot, two things that actually kind of stick out to me. So there is the Diver Scab. This is the three five with exploit for three blue-blue. When it exploits a creature, target creature's owner puts it on top or bottom of their library. Some nice disruption. But we also have Lamb Holt Raconteur. I've become slowly more impressed by this card. This is a 2-4 for 3 and a red. It's a human werewolf. When you cast a non-creature spell, it deals 1 damage to each opponent. Then it transforms to a 4-4 that when you cast a non-creature spell, it deals 2 to each opponent. I'm really starting to value cards that can push through damage, not through the attack step, and break through board stalls. And I think I'm going to lean into this with 2 solid non-creature payoffs and a re growth effect that seems to do pretty well. So let's scoop that up and go to pick four of pack one. Ooh, nice solid uncommon here in Thirst for Discovery. 
two and a blue instant, draw three cards, and then discard two cards unless you discard a basic land card. Yeah, I'm, I'm in favor of a card like this. For green with the retrieve that we've already taken, there's an apprentice sharpshooter, the 1-4 reach training creature for two and a green. Thus far, I've found training to be awkward in this format that stalls out frequently. Your opponent's going to get enough on the ground that they can propose multiple blocks, and it just doesn't grow fast enough. I'm not 100% sold on their tree yet, so I'd rather just take a good card draw spell in Thirst for Discovery. Maybe we can swing back to blue-red a bit and go from there. Let's go to pick five, pack one. Uh, in this pack, we see a Chill of the Grave. This is the Crippling Chill that costs less if you control a zombie. I like pairing this card a lot with the 2-1 scab that when it dies you get another copy of it. Oh man, memories of Whisper Squad in my heart right now. Uh, that card has really given me a lot of joy in this format so far. Uh, besides that, in the uncommon slot there's just a Lantern of the Lost. It's Graveyard Hate. I don't think it's that good for us. We have a 2-drop in Steelclad Spirit. This is the 3-3 three -three for 1 and a blue that is a defender. And when an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, it can attack as though it did not have Defender. I think for now, I'm going to take the Chill of the Grave, and hopefully that's going to propose some good attack steps, because you can instant speed at the end of, and try to go from there. Let's see, pick six, pack one. A couple good blue cards here. I think we're moving a little bit more towards blue-red, and getting some non-creature payoffs. So we've got a Lantern Bearer. This is a common darling. It's a 1-1 flying... Uh, for one blue and disturbs for two to blue and then it's lanterns lift and enchantment aura that gives the enchanted creature plus one plus one and has flying this card's been very strong and we'll probably end up with a few exploit payoffs along the way it would be really nice to have that as a good building block speaking of exploit payoffs we have repository scab the three three for four that when it exploits you return an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand and another chill of the grave i'm gonna take the lantern bearer it has the non-creature on one side it has flying which i think is critical in this format and nice little pickup not gonna lie pick seven pack one there's a wedding invitation it's a uh, artifact cost two etbs you draw a card and then target creature can't be blocked this turn for blue and red there's nothing except for a dread light monstrosity this is the five five ward two for six for blue blue and has an activated ability of three blue blue it can't be blocked this turn you can only activate it if you own a card in exile i mean we can take it it's a way to push through damage and there's another Lantern of the Lost. These packs have been kind of weak so far. There's a couple of good white cards, which I might keep an eye out for, but I'd really like to stay on blue-red if I possibly can. Uh, pick eight, pack one. There's an Evolving Wilds here. This format is slow enough that you can develop a board with some fixing. Uh, for blue and red, there's a End the Festivities. This is one red sorcery. Deals one damage to each opponent, each creature and Planeswalker they control. Not interested. Siphon Essence. It's the creature Planeswalker counterspell of this format that creates a blood token for two and a blue. There's always one. And a Cradle of Safety. I think for now, I'm going to take the Evolving Wilds. I do think that power level is important in this format. And having a way of getting some fixing in there is only going to be beneficial for us. There is a tabled Markov Retribution that was in our first pack. This is the Sorcery Speed 2 and a red. Creatures you control either get plus one, plus one, uh, plus zero, sorry, plus one, plus zero, or a Vampire deals damage to another creature you control. We don't have any Vampires at this moment. There's a Belligerent Guess, which is a 3-2 Trampler, and another Chill of the Grave. Oh boy, Chill of the Grave could be nice in multiples. Let's take the Belligerent Guess, though, for now, just to get some creatures on the battlefield. 
We do get a Blood Petal Celebrant. Just a nice little blocker. 2-1 first strike when it's attacking for one to red. And when it dies, create a Blood Token. We do need some 2-drops, so let's put that there. Wow, the Diver Scab tables. This card is nice. Yeah, let's take that. Some good, solid board interaction. And now we're going to Trash Time, where we're going to take a couple cards that are not, not really playable. Uh, we do see a Wanderlight Spirit here in the dredges of the pack. Uh, it's a 2-3 Flyer for 2 and a blue, but it can only block creatures with flying. We might play it. I'm not sure. It seems like that we're not the kind of deck that does that. So for now, we'll put it happily into the sideboard. Let's go to pick one of pack two and ho <laughs> power level, here we go. Cemetery Gatekeeper. One to red, two one, first striking vampire. When it ETBs, you exile a card from graveyard, and then when a player plays a land or casts a spell, if it shares a card type with the exiled card, it deals two damage to that player. This is the kind of incidental damage that we really want in this deck. And speaking of that same incidental damage, we also see a Kessig Flame Breather. This is the 1-3 for 1 to red. When you cast a non-creature spell, it deals 1 damage to each opponent. This card has not been, this type of card has not been very good as of late. But with the board stalling out, I think this card has some legs to stand on, but I'm not going to pass up on this mythic. There's also Biolume Egg, the defender 0-4 that when it enters the battlefield, you scry to. When you sacrifice it, it turns into a 4-4 Serpent. Uh, that's a nice little card, but we don't have too much in the way of exploit right now. We did get that late Diver Scab, but I'm not too keen on trying to push too hard into it. Pick two, pack two. Oh boy. Well, this is where we're really going to test our chops here in this format because we opened a, or we got past a really good rare here. This is Hive Heart Shaman. Three and a green for a 3-5. When it attacks, you may search your library for a basic land card that doesn't share a land type with a land you control. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle, then has an activate ability of 5 and a green to create a 1-1 insect creature token that put X counters, plus 1, plus 1 counters on it, equal to the number of basic land types you control only at sorcery speed. Really good, but that's also against this Rending Flame. It's the 5 damage spell at instant speed for 2 and a red, and if it's a spirit, they take 2 damage. I think I'm going to take the Shaman here. I don't think the triggered ability of attacking is going to be all that great, but if we just activate this ability of making some insects just like once or twice, the game becomes very good for us. Pick three, pack two. We have a counterspell in Geistlight Snare. I don't think this card's very good. It's counterless to pay three for two and a blue, but it costs one less if you control spirit and one less if you control an enchantment. Not bad, but I just, I just don't think it's where our deck wants to be. There is a Pyre Spawn, 6-4, when it dies, deals 3 damage to any target for 4, red, red. There's also a Selhof Entombment, but I think we're going to take our second Thirst for Discovery here. We'll try to fill out our creatures later on, but man, I can't really resist instant speed draw 3 than discard a basic land. That's just a really, really nice card. Pick 4, pack 2. Interesting, there's a Soul Cipher board. This card has kind of been pigeonholed as not very great. It's one and a blue for an artifact. It enters with omen counters. When creatures are put into your graveyard from anywhere, you remove an omen counter from it. And when it has none, it then becomes a 3-2 flyer that can only block creatures with flying. And you can activate, draw two cards, discard a card. And you can also have a way to look at the top cards of your library. It's nice, but I think we're going to take the syncopate instead. It fills nicely into our curve because you can use it so flexibly. It's X and a blue counter target spell unless its controller pays X and then you exile the spell if it's countered that way. I like Syncopate a lot, and what this deck is trying to be right now fits nicely into the curve, so we're going to go with that. 
Oh, here's that card I was talking about before, Wretched Throng. It's the 2-1 when it dies. You may search your library for a card named Wretched Throng, reveal it, and put it into your hand. We've got one Diver Scab. There was another one that was in a previous pack, which looks a little appealing. There's also a Reckless Impulse, one in a red. You exile the top of your cards of your library. Until end of turn, you may play those cards. This is a nice little card draw spell. We already have two Thirst for Discoveries, though. I kind of want some more board presence. Unfortunately, the Wretched Throng, it is a little bit better when it's in multiples, but I'll take one here and pick five at pack two and maybe hedge my bets. Hopefully, we can find another one or two and be in a good place. Pick six, pack two, not much to speak of here. There's a, uh, the Weary Prisoner, the 2-6 Defender Daybound creature for three and a red that transforms into a 6-6 six, six that must attack each combat if able. I'm pretty medium on this card. There's a Selhoffen Tumor, which is the Looter but you have to discard a creature card. Ugh, this card is rough. And besides that, there's not too much going on here. I think for now, I'm just going to take the Selhoffen Tumor. It'll go nice if we pick up a few extra Wretched Throngs that we can just loot away the ones that we draw incidentally. Uh, ooh, okay. So Repository Scab is here now. So we can get back some instants and sorceries, recast them. Right now we have five of them, which include two Thirst for Discoveries, includes Syncopate, not too bad. I don't know if we'll actually play this Retrieve in the long term, but, you know, if I can find another Wretched Throng and start to sack that or Lantern Bears, it's a good way to get some good card advantage and push through the rest of this game. Another Repository Scab here and pick 8 of Pack 2, Borak. Ugh. Starting to dry up here as the only other red card in this pack is an Ancestral Anger. Okay, yeah, it is the only red card. Good point, Borak. It's been a while since I've done this, working on the words again. There's a couple side verbal green cards, but we'll take the second repository scab, go from there. Oh, we might have gotten paid off, friends, because the Bioloom Egg, that 0-4 defender that scries two for two and a blue, it's here. Right now we've got three exploit creatures. It's not that far out of the realm of possibilities to get some more. Yeah, I kind of like that. Let's take it for now and see where we can develop from there. Another Chill to the Graves in this pack. There's also a Lacerate Flesh. It's not the worst if you have to play it, plus the ability to rummage off the blood tokens is kind of nice. We already have two repository scabs. Besides that, we would take a steel-clad spirit, and we're not that heavy into it, so I'll just take the removal for now. A Cradle of Safety is in our pick 11. Now we're starting to get to garbage time. Another Selhoff and Tumor. I'll take the Cradle of Safety in case I feel like I need to protect the Maniform Hellkite that I got before. A little Alchemist Retrieval action. Alright, so we're going into our final pack here. And Borok, our deck right now, it's okay. We're not quite there, I think, on removal. We're getting to fill out the creature curve. We've got some decent synergy and some okay amount of exploiting going on right now. And I think we're doing okay on the power level front, raw power level. Hopefully we can see something here in pick one of pack three. Or, yeah, good point. We could find very little. There's a black-green dual land here. And a bunch of cards that are decent in other colors, but not blue-red. So we're going to take this Lacerate Flesh because we need more removal in general. Whoa, two, three solid uncommons here. So we've got the Magma Pummeler. It's the X red red that is a zero zero enters battlefield with X counters and when damage is dealt to it, you remove counters, prevent the damage, and then deal that much damage to any target. Not a bad end finisher, but there's two other cards that really stand out to me. One is Forboding Statue. It's the one two that makes a mana of any color by tapping it for three colorless mana. It transforms when it has three counters after each time you tap it and becomes a five five Forsaken Threshold. 
or the card I'm going to actually take here, which is Wandering Mind. One red-blue for a 2-1 flyer. It enters the battlefield. You reveal a non-creature card or amongst them. Put in your hand, and you end up still with a 2-1 flyer. Not too bad, Borok. Not too bad. Yeah, when we compare with this pack, though, this one's a little bit... Well, a lot of it weaker. There's two counterspells, a Thirst for Discovery. I think... I'm going to take a Wash Away here. It's the, the cancel that uh, can have an alternative cost if, if, if they cast a spell that's not from its hand. I'm probably not going to end up playing it if I'm going to be honest with myself. Uh, pick four, pack three. Well, there's two two-drops right now that have me interested. One is Mischievous Cat, guys. It's the 1-1 one, one for one to blue. When it deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card, then turns into a Curiosity on the other side that costs uh, two and a blue. Or a Kessig Flame Breather. I think I'm going to take the Flame Breather here, Borok. I really want to lean into this direct damage, and we're doing pretty good on card draw. And it's really hard to get through a 1-1 one, one for one to blue in this format. <laughs> Why, thank you very much. I do like that pick, if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, in pick five of pack three, not too much to go from here. There's a Sanguine Statuette. It's the one in a red artifact that when it ETBs, you create a blood token, and whenever you sacrifice a blood token, it becomes a 3-3 artifact creature with haste until end of turn. Not wholly great, I think. What I'm going to follow up, though, the Kessig Flame Breather that we took last pack is now a Reckless Impulse. We're really going hard into card advantage here, but I don't much mind because there's really not much else in the pack for us to speak of. Ooh, so now's another interesting choice here. Uncommon here being Boarded Window. This is the three close artifact. Creatures attacking you get minus one, minus zero. And then at the beginning of each end step, if you're dealt four more damage this turn, you exile a Boarded Window. There's also Stitched Assistant, the Exploit Zombie, that when it exploits, you scry one, then draw a card. And another Kessig, Kessig Flame Breather. I think I'm going to go with the Flame Breather for now. There's a lot of card advantage, and I like where it's developing. And we're going to follow that up with a, another Chill of the Grave. Some good tempo and solid cycling through our deck here. We're starting to get a little bit of ground, and I think we've got at least a deck to play with. I wonder how it's going to turn out in the end as we go to the last Frash pack here. And not too much to speak of. Couple... Eh, cards. There's a Steelclad Spirit. I think I'm going to take... Uh, I'm guessing this Falconrath celebrates the 4-4 Menace for 4 and a red. I'm going to not play it. I just don't think there's much in this pack for us. We see a Fear of Death in this pack. It's the minus X minus 0 enchantment of the formats. And then you mill 2. I don't have a lot of mill synergies, so not too optimistic in playing that, but we're going to round it out to garbage time here, see if anything else is coming our way. We see a Siphon Essence table round in this pack, another Counterspell, and another Repository Scab. Interesting. Too bad we didn't get there on Wretched Throngs with just the one that we found in pack two, but we got ourselves a deck here. Are we going to end up playing the green splash that we have for Retrieve and that Bomb Rare, or can we really stick with this blue-red non-creature plan with some of the solid extra damage that we get to do with the cards that we found well all of those questions and more will be answered when we come back in just a moment all of my unlucky lounge rats welcome back all of my unlucky lounge rats the deck is made how'd it do well it's fine I think 
it ended up a few commons and uncommons that just weren't opened to complete it through. And unfortunately, I feel like the last 20 through 23 cards are a little bit out of archetype. So the heart of the deck is, of course, the non-creature spells, two Kessig Flame Breathers, Lambholt Raconteur, two Thirst for Discoveries, alongside two Chill of the Graves. It's going to give us some nice card equity and get us some nice damage through. Not to forget, of course, about the Reckless Impulse, either. That backed up with a Syncopate and a Siphon Essence alongside two Lacerate Fleshes. We should be able to hold on the board enough. Now, the last couple cards are a little awkward. So first off, we've got that Biolume Egg and Repository Scab and Diver Scab. So the whole package, the three cards, they work really well together and they do quite a bit for us. Unfortunately, they just don't work too well with the other cards in our deck. I mean, I can sack off my Blood Petal Celebrant to the either scabs, but besides that, <sighs> the cool thing is Maniform Hellkite can make a dragon creature token that I can sacrifice later to the scabs, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I'm going to just go with this egg as a plan because in the end, it is an 0-4 that can hold down the ground to some you know, green or white or black-red aggro builds that want to push out some damage, and I even included the Alchemist Retrieval, the bounce spell of the format, just to back up any awkward attack blocks that I might be getting into. Plus, Bylum Egg does just scry two on its face, and if I chill the board out enough and stall it out for enough turns, eventually I think I will be able to transform the egg and sack the two islands and get through for four damage. Alongside that and our Dreadlight Monstrosity, the 5-5 five, five, Ward 2 for 6 mana. Yeah, I put it in. I'm not exiling too many cards, if I'm going to be honest. I mean, I have a Lantern Bearer, and Reckless Impulse might miss on a card, and then we'll have something exiled from there. But there's a lot of incidental exiling things in this format. And even if it's just a 5-5 five, five that at some point down the line can become unblockable for an extraordinary cost, then fine. The last thing I did put in was the Hive Heart Shaman. Yeah, the green rare, I did splash it. I'm not anticipating at all being able to attack with it and getting a land from it. But if I built this deck right, alongside having that Bioloom Egg and having a few solid blockers and some decent stall tactics, I might be able to pull out a win here. It's going to be tough, but it's any given Friday night, folks. Let's see how this FNP deck turns out as we go to our they first game. I'm opening on a pretty medium to bad hand. Three lands and nothing but four drops and ups, so might as well just mulligan this. Uh, draw a new hand with Island Mountain Forest. Okay, not bad. Syncopate, Chills of the Grave, Diver Scab, and Reckless Impulse. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take this. We'll probably throw back this Diver Scab for now, because I think the other bits can do us some good work. Our opponent opens on an island, and we draw Thirst for Discovery. Yeah, we're going to be pretty okay when it comes to the card advantage here this game. And our opponent goes second island. We draw our Alchemist Retrieval, and we're just going to pass with Syncopate open. And then if they don't play anything, we can just Thirst for Discovery instead of whatever they're going to do. And if they try to play a 3-drop, we just syncopate it. Ooh, they play a Kessig Flame Breather. Spicy. Nice. 
So it looks like we're on the blue-red mirror match in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we'll just pass through and go to our turn. Hey, we draw our Hive Heart Shaman there. Not too bad. Luck is a lady for us right now. So on their turn, we can syncopate something for two, or we can thirst for discovery and draw three and probably hit the land we need for our Hive Heart Shaman. Our opponent's going to battle for one with their 1-3. Second main, they play their fourth land, and they are now going to play Wandering Mind. This is a great syncopate target. So we'll have them pay two, or else it gets countered and exiled. And then we hopefully don't have to worry about a 2-1 flyer that gets some card advantage. Great. They, in fact, let it ride. Um, so now we've got Reckless Impulse, Thirst for Discovery, two Chill of the Graves, an Alchemist Retrieval, the Bounce Spell, and our Green Bomb. I think right now I'm going to thirst for discovery because I really do want to hit what we need to here. I could Reckless Impulse, but there's a lot of hits that we could have that are just going to go dead. So let's thirst for discovery and see what happens. <laughs> we draw three islands. Well, you know, we'll, uh, we'll discard one of them. And now we are going to go to their turn. They're still cracking in for one here, 18 to 20, as they've got four lands, five cards in hand, and they play Cemetery Illuminator. That sucks. Wow, okay. So this is the 2-3 flyer that they get to exile a card from the graveyard, and then they get to play those cards from the top of their library, that being the instant speed thirst for discovery that I put into my yard. Real unfortunate, that. I could Alchemist Retrieval their Cemetery Illuminator. And then it kind of slows down what their plan is because then I actually, well, it doesn't really much matter because they'll still be able to uh, get to exile the Alchemist Retrieval that I would bounce with them. So I guess I could just play the Hive Heart Shaman here and just resolve it cleanly, which I think I'm going to do. And, well, they missed a land drop for what it's worth. And we still get to keep up our Alchemist Retrieval for one blue if they try to mess with our Shaman. And see how it goes from here. If they have the 5 damage spell for 3, that's pretty good for them because they don't have to pay 2 for it. They're going to attack in with the Cemetery Illuminator and they'll exile the island that I discarded. And I believe that doesn't do anything for the effect of Cemetery Illuminator, which it doesn't. And we'll take our 2, go to 16. And they are going to... I'm hoping for nothing. Maybe they're on double red spells or a third splash as well. I mean, we've got our three splash colors, which is quite helpful for us. Well, there's the second mountain. Maybe they have a lacerate flesh, and that interacts poorly with our 3-5 high heart shaman. Oh, they're going to do their own alchemist retrieval, you say. Okay. Alright, alright. Fair play. Fair play. So ours gets bounced. Okay, so we now draw a Wandering Mind on our own side. Let's go and cast that. See if we can get something off of it. Unless they have a counterspell, which they don't. So we'll look at the top six cards, and we find actually nothing. Wow. That is definitely some luck not being kind to us. Alright, well... I think this is a fair enough spot here where we're going to... I think we're just going to bounce the Cemetery Illuminator here because I just don't want them to get the extra equity off the top of their library. And at least 
We can still try to recover a little bit if we can draw one of our own Lacerate Fleshes and deal four damage to it. It's not doing too much for us, honestly, but I'd rather just see what we can do here. Maybe they have their own Syncopate. They have three mana open, so when we... Yep, they do have their own Syncopate. Sure enough. So that brings us down to 14 off the triggered ability from Kessig Flame Breather. We're at 14, they're at 20. They're looking in a pretty dominating position right now, and the, the Bounce Spell for the Hive Heart Shaman did some very good work for them, if we're going to be honest. They're going to play their own Wandering Mind now, so they're really reaching parity with us here when it comes to the card advantage train. And they find an Ancestral Anger. Interesting. Uh, I alluded to this card in the draft, but it's one red Sorcery Terror Creature gets Trample and plus X plus O, where X is the number of Ancestral Angers in your graveyard, plus one... They're going to crack in with their 2-3 and their 1-3. We'll take it. Go to 11. And now... Ooh, this is not my favorite situation right now. It's really unfortunate we whiffed on the Wandering Mine. If we could have found a Lacerate Flesh, one of the two in our deck, we'd at least be able to kill the Cemetery Illuminator and have one less problem to deal with. But sadly, not in the works for us. We drew another Island. So we've got a blocker for the Wandering Mind. The Ancestral Anger isn't doing too much work for them. We can definitely chill to the grave to start off here and stop the attacking. I would love to take care of that Cemetery Illuminator, but I just don't know if it's in the cards for us right now. So maybe we're just going to play this island, we'll pass the turn, and then we can chill to the grave, the Cemetery Illuminator, or whatever they try to Ancestral Anger here. I imagine they're going to do that on the Illuminator and then just try to get in for some more damage or maybe even the Kessig Flame Breather but we can trade our Wandering Mind for theirs stop hemorrhaging damage and then thirst and try to find one of our outs to that Cemetery Illuminator and or Wandering Mind combo they have going on the Kessig Flame Breather has done a little bit of work for them that did 2 damage I mean our card draw is pretty prevalent right now, so even if they were to have the kind of hand that we would have, I think it would make it a little bit better. I think we've just drawn a little bit more on the instant sorcery spell side of things, but that's not to say that we're not going to not be there at some point where we're going to be you know, out of luck. Oh, they're going to do their own chill to the grave here. Looks like they're going to try to get in there aggressively. They'll probably use the Ancestral Anger as my guess now. I wonder if they have another one somewhere. Although Chill of the Grave does work out quite nicely against a deck that might be playing multiple Ancestral Angers. And I wonder if the Blue-Red Spells deck is the right place for this deck. There's really no place for us to figure that out anyway with what we have going on because, quite frankly, there was only one I think we saw in the entire draft. So they're going to use Ancestral Anger on the Kessig Flame Breather, making three creatures with two power. It's going to take us down some serious life here, so... We're just going to tap down the creatures we can with our Chill to the Grave. We find our own Kessig Flame Breather off the first tapping of a creature and locking it down. And we find Bioloom Egg. Okay. They get in for two with their Wandering Mind. And they play a Hungry Ridge Wolf. Alright. That is the 2-2 two -two that gets very strong if we, uh, if we uh, have a wolf on the same battlefield as it. Alright, so I think I'm going to start on a Bioloom Egg here. We'll scry to see what we reveal. It's Mountain Mountain. That's not great. <laughs> we'll put maybe one mountain on the bottom. We could Reckless Impulse here. 
and get one of them. And then we can follow up by playing our own Cemetery Gatekeeper. We can reveal a Repository Scab. That's not the worst for what's going on here. What can we do with this? What can we do? So maybe we're going to Cemetery Gatekeeper. Let's exile the Ancestral Anger. It's going to put us in a little bit of danger zone when it comes to sorceries, because we're going to take some damage. But if they're playing multiple of them, then why not lock it down? But they do got a lot of things going on. We can start to get some card draw going on. And the Repository Scab is going to bring us back one of those chill from the graves. Can we get a little fortunate in this game? They've got three cards, six lands. We're at seven, and they're... Really showing some solid inevitability. We need to get some good draws here with our Thirst for Discovery alongside Repository Scab. But we are holding down the Hungry Ridge Wolf for what it's worth. So our opponent uses their own Lacerate Flesh to kill our Bioloom Egg. Not the worst, actually, all things considered. It does get rid of our good play with our Repository Scab, so you know, kudos, I suppose. Alright, so we drew a Lantern Bearer, which can do a little bit of work, and it gives us another sack target for the Repository Scab, which is nice. So we could play the Lantern Bearer, sack the Scab to it, and still have two mana left over. I think that's probably our line here. And then we can still chill to the grave one of their flyers to start to sort out some inevitability that we can try to avoid here. So we will sack, I think... Yeah, well, we're going to sack that Lantern Bear. We have a Chill to the Grave to bring back. We have enough mana to cast it, and we're just going to pass the turn. We have to hold down the ground here and have equitable blocks around. We just have to hope they don't start chaining spells before we can take care of the Kessig Flame Breather. But that Cemetery Illuminator still has ground to potentially find something to cast and just get free spell equity. We're going to cast our Chill of the Grave on their Illuminator, and they Cradle of Safety it. Wow, that's very bad for us. That is a Force Block now. I have to block <laughs> the Wandering Mind to the Cemetery Illuminator, and they get to exile our creature. Wow, we are going to go to one, and that's all but over, folks. It looks like we're not bringing a win home, unfortunately, here for... The home team here. We draw our last card. We see a lacerate flesh, but that is not enough for us to get there. GG opponent, we're not winning this one. Well, the power of Cradle of Safety really came through there in the clutch for our opponents. What can you say? Sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes the bar eats you. How will this deck perform? Well, Come find us on our socials and maybe we'll give you a little bit of insight. Once more, that's Draft and Draft Corey on both Twitter and TikTok. Instagram, find me, Corey Demone Enriquez. And you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. And thanks for tuning in to another episode here of Friday Night Podcast. We're going to Vegas. Expect something coming from the Unlucky Lounge. Don't know what exactly it's going to look like, but let's cross our fingers and hope that luck will be a lady on our first trip to Vegas. Borak, buddy, while I'm gone, you gotta take care of the bar. <laughs> Sorry, man. What can you say? When Vegas calls, Vegas calls. But for now, thank you, everyone, once more, for tuning in here to the Unlucky Lounge. 
My name is Corey, joined alongside Borak. And this has been Draft and Draft. Now go make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.